So welcome back to the Locker Room Podcast. This is number, this is episode number 11. I'm your host, Rachel Levitt, and today I'm joined by Kelsey Nicole Nelson. She's a freelance sports reporter and a fixture in the Washington, D.C. sports scene. Thanks for being here today, Kelsey. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always excited to join a fellow Terp. <laughs> I'm biased. <laughs> Best school. Exactly. <laughs> Best school. Exactly. How has your quarantine been so far? You know, it's been interesting. I feel like I'm used to it now. You know, I'm, yeah. I've, nev- I've never been home this much until now. I'm that person that always travels. So I feel like now I actually pay rent for a reason because I'm <laughs> enjoying my apartment. But, you know, it's, it's hard to still get used to because I'm a social person. I'm a person that likes to be out and about. Like, that's why I like sports reporting and meeting people. But, you know, it's been different. But at the same time, I'm just glad I'm still able to tell stories and connect with people, um, you know, and just get through this kind of technology age. But it's different. I hope we get back to normal life soon. But mm-hmm. yeah, I know, right? What is normal anymore? But you know, I'm surviving. I'm surviving. I'm blessed. Yeah, I agree. Life's been weird, but hey, what can we do? So let's just jump right into the questions. What was your first big game that you've covered, or athlete that you interviewed? Can you walk me through your emotions during that breakthrough? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the first. My first big breakthrough, my first like kind of one-on-one with the big star, I did an interview with John Wall, who of course is our point guard here in Washington, D.C. for the Wizards, and it was great. I, it was at a Nation's Classic football game, which is an HBCU game. It was Howard and Hampton, and it was a lot of fun. I got to speak with him one-on-one. We talked for like 10, 15 minutes, and it was great. We got to talk about the importance of HBCUs, and he even said like, well, I know I went to Kentucky, but he's like, man, if I had experienced this atmosphere, I might not have went there. And I think from that interview, people were really like, wow, she got something different out of him, you know, and she was able to have just a casual conversation with him. And for me, it was kind of the first time I got to know him kind of outside of the locker room. And he got to know yeah. me as a sports reporter here. And now, hence and behold, he follows me, which is great too, right? It's always great when they follow you and see your content. But I think that was probably the first big one because I think, you know, I kind of went the, the traditional route, mm-hmm. started with high school sports, you know, went to college sports and then got to the professional level. So that was kind of like my first big professional one. And then I guess, as they say, the rest is history from there. <laughs> And it was great. Anytime you get to connect with an athlete, you know, at first you're a little bit nervous. It's like, I hope this interview goes well. You know, I, ho- I hope he, you know, like you it up in your head. You're like, I don't know how it's about to go. Exactly. Cause like I cover that team. So if that interview went bad, that makes my job harder as a reporter. Cause then you might like, mm, I didn't really like talking with her. I don't want to talk with her. So it makes my job harder. Cause then I have to try to really go to PR and be like, please let them talk to me. You know, I need this for my job. So it was great, but you know, everyone kind of gets that off. But once you kind of have that interview, I feel like the rest are easy. Cause once you do the first one, everything else is like second nature. That first one's the hardest one to get and to do. So exactly. <laughs> you're just breezing through. Exactly. So now it's like, it's natural. Like people are like, oh, you interviewed that person. I'm like, yeah, just talk, go watch it. They're like, oh my God, do you know you interviewed? I'm like, yeah, I do know who I interviewed. <laughs> but they're just people. Like that's what interviews are. I know they're big names, but when you're talking with them, like I'm talking with you, we just have a conversation and that's what it is. And I think they respect when you do that because, you know, they're so used to people going crazy over them. But my job is not to go crazy over them. My job is to get a story from them, to get them to answer tough questions. And you don't get to just know them on a different level for the listeners and the fans. And so when I do my job well, I think that's what I'm getting from them. And hopefully I can <laughs> do that. <laughs> hopefully. So what's your favorite sport to cover or your favorite athlete that you've covered? 
even though you just spoke about John, but. Yeah, so obviously I love basketball, but I grew up in a football family. Like my, my dad went to Grambling State University. So I love football. Football was like my first love. There's nothing like it, you know, so I'm still like used to this new phase that we're doing, you know, who knows how it's going to go. Um, and I think favorite athlete, I also love boxing. I love that yeah. boxing. I got to interview Deontay Wilder before he lost that big fight. Um, <laughs> and it was just really good. So I think in boxing, like they are some of the biggest and best characters so kind of like those one-on-one -on -one interviews um so I think I, I have like, thought someone has to do it but I never would have thought <laughs> boxing is fun I highly recommend it if you've never been to a boxing bout you never go it's not like the old school boxing but still there's some great boxing bouts out there and especially if you get to go in Vegas it will change your life tremendously like do it big if you can and go to Vegas and, and do boxing but you know I think I mean I, it's hard to always pick a favorite athlete because you know so many of them bring just it depends right to the table right so it's like I always have a favorite moment I think of every interview where I got like a aha moment or an enlightening moment you know that I'm like wow that was amazing and then from that of course I just asked a bunch of follow-up questions yeah. so I've been lucky though I've got to interview a lot cool people I get that so it's hard and also I don't want them to to bash me because I picked a favorite one <laughs> oh, no favorite like no favorite kid no favorite athlete I get it I get it um, you have your own podcast listen in with KNN how's that going oh my gosh Rachel it's been amazing I think so COVID happened and I had it live from this exactly like I had it live stream my podcast before my boss was like well I mean, you know, you should, you could do something new. And I'm like, yeah, let's totally do something new. So I talk with my team. I'm like, Kelsey, let's live stream. People are at home. They want to see you. You know, they're looking for content and interviews. So lo and behold, we started. And the names just kept coming and coming and coming. And now even people are like, can you do your show more? And I'm like, I just don't have the time. But it's been great. Like, I've had amazing guests come on and tell their stories. I talk with guests 30 minutes to an hour. Wow. I've had Kurt Angle on. I've had Donovan McNabb on. I just had David Aldridge on. Like, literally, I feel like I've just had, you know, some of the biggest and brightest stars on. I'm That's confirming, great. like, a great guest list for the rest of this month. <laughs> in September. I've been so lucky. So the podcast is going great. The numbers are through the roof. Audio version has went up. The video version has went up. The live stream version. So I've been just, it's been great. It's just, if anything, it's hard for me to keep up. I feel like I'm always answering emails, you know, just trying to keep up with the latest trends. But I think it just shows people want content. Uh, they want people to tell their stories. And honestly, it's been easier to kind of get guests on my show now because yeah. look, I know what you're doing. Look, we're all in quarantine together. It's I know you're doing nothing. So answer me. <laughs> Exactly. And then once you do good interviews with a couple people, PR people take notice and then they're pitching their guests, you know, to your show. So now I'm just really like, okay, hold on. I have some late September <laughs> and I have October open. And it's a bit harder to book that far out because you kind of don't know your sure. schedule or their schedules, but we're trying to as best as we can plan them out. But you know, it's just been, it's been awesome to have current athlete, you know, Ness Cantor was on, now he's playing down in the bubble. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jonathan Isaac came on the show. Like it's just been right amazing amazing so i'm i'm the happiest person right now with my podcast i'm so happy everyone loves the content I'm just trying to keep delivering it to them this is the perfect follow-up question then who would be your dream guest to have on oh my gosh you know it's funny i really want to get someone political on my show to talk sports i would love to have joe biden on i'm like what perfect time you know <laughs> you're really perfect exactly right like you're trying to win the election i think he's just kind of that cool guy you know joe pool um <laughs> be great to talk sports with him and kind of tie in some of the political questions because as you know I mean sports and politics go hand in hand I think now more than ever we see kind of how they're coinciding yep. so I think he would be just the absolute like dream guest to come on and just you know talk the latest trends in sports but also tie it into you know the economy because kind of like now it's become political should athletes yep. flex 
especially in college sports, you know, we see oh, yeah. the big tennis like come back, like who knows? Exactly. <laughs> so I would love to just kind of dive more into that in the policy side of sports. So I think Joe, if you're listening, you need to come on the show. We have a <laughs> I hope he's listening. I don't know if we're getting that far, but like you never know, right? And I will say that. Yeah, you never know. People reach out to me and I'm like, wow, thank you. Like I had people watch my show in Germany and Australia yeah. into either country, but it's great to know that I'm, you know, touching those people. You're going so, worldwide. Exactly. You don't limit yourself. Do not limit yourself. So, so maybe, hey, Joe, maybe you are listening. <laughs> Come on the show. We've got a space for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Exactly. We'll go both ways. Exactly. Look, you don't need Secret Service. It's live stream. He can do it from wherever uh, he needs to. It's safe. Like, just come exactly. on the show. <laughs> <Eight> minutes. <laughs> so what, what do you think would be your most memorable game? I know you've covered NBA finals, WNBA finals, Super Bowls, or like, is it a regular season game? Everything. I don't think you can compare the finals to regular season. But yeah. Most. yeah, that's a great question. You know, looking back now, I would say the most memorable game was definitely covering Kobe's last game here mm. in Washington. Did, did not know we covered that. That's it's crazy, that's right? Before, like if you asked me before, I probably would have said the Super Bowl because there's nothing like the Super yeah. Bowl. But you know, knowing that we lost Kobe earlier this year and then 2020 has just changed so drastically mm-hmm. since, you know, it's it's crazy to me because I look back and let me tell you, like that I usually don't have moments, you know, where I'm like oh my gosh, or, you know, but that was one of those, I'm like, it's Kobe, and when I say he was the nicest person, like, took time to talk to every reporter, you know, acknowledge you, he didn't have this big ego, and I thought that was so awesome, because he could, because he's Kobe, and of course, I don't like when people have big egos, some athletes do, though, it's part of the game, Um, but, you know, it was such a memorable moment, because, of course, he was wrapping up his career, you know, and he did it with a style and grace, and then Capital One Center was packed, you know, every seat was filled. sold out. We all wanted to see Kobe. And of course he did in Kobe fashion have a great game. Of course. So I think that one is still something, especially looking back now, I'm like, I was so privileged and so blessed to have been there and so blessed to have had a chance to cover the great late Kobe Bryant. So definitely that game. And like you said, it's hard to still like not have emotions when you think about it. It's still still weird to talk about him. It doesn't feel real even still. Crazy. Like, I remember when I got the notification that he passed, and my friends were telling me, I'm like, why? That's a fake headline. Why would they make that right. up? Like, no way, right? There's no yeah, way. I was like, he can't. There's no, he's not. So crazy, you know? So that's a game, yeah. And, and I got to cover one of my good friends, Brian, too, who works with me. And we both looked back and we're just like, wow. Like, thank, yeah. thankful, thankful, thankful that we Literally. This is a little bit of a funny question. Maybe, maybe not for you, but uh, have you ever messed up on air? And oh my gosh, yeah. how have you recovered from that? Let me tell you, we've all messed up on air. Do not let anybody tell you to <laughs> otherwise. And kind of like what we're doing now, you laugh at yourself. That is the best thing to do if you mess up on air. Look, you're a human. We get it. People will not like come and, you know, try to come after you with a pitchfork. It's not those times <laughs> anymore. And, and, you know, it, it happens. Of course, you want to keep it minimal, but as much as you can turn it into a fun moment and look back and laugh at yourself, it's cool. Because the worst thing you want to do is lose your composure. You want to keep your confidence um, on air. And then, you know, just get back to the basics, you know, get back to what you were doing. I think when I messed up is because I was trying to do too much. I should have just kept it as my basketball coach used to say, <laughs> keep it simple and stupid. Keep it simple. And, you know, just just go with it. Um, but yeah, I look back and laugh and even my producer's like, Kelsey, no big deal. I was freaking out. And he was like, Kelsey, it's fine. It's fine. And I was like, but he was like, that was funny. How you <laughs> like, at least that was funny. <laughs> so yeah, so we all had, and then also it makes for a great blooper reel. We all like, yeah. so that, that one went in a couple of my times. I <laughs> no one really even knows when he messes up anyway. Right. Only you, you know. only know. 
Right. That's the thing too. That's why you have to keep your confidence and composure because if you don't make a big deal of it, the audience can't make a big deal. Exactly. That's part of that. Um, do you think you would want to stay being a freelance reporter like forever? Do you have dreams of working for a news company or sports team? Yeah, your timing is like so great. So I feel like I'm in this like middle phase where I like I can't announce details yet, but I will say being a freelancer is a lot of fun. Um, I get to work for a lot of different companies, which is great. Mm -hmm. I have different letters behind my name, get lots of experience, get lots of reps. But at the same time, my schedule is horrible. Rachel knows this because we've had to reschedule a couple times now. Um, so it's like, that's the crazy part of it. But also I like that no week is the same for me. And I think that's what I would miss um, the most. But at the same time, I've got to work with just such great people because I am freelancing. You know, I've got to work in radio and TV. Um, you know, I, I got to do shows, you know, in Canada. I got to do shows here. And that's all because I am a freelance reporter, you know, so I'm not limited. I'm not placed in a box. But at the same time, it is great to be able for people to tie you to a network. You can grow with that network. I think and it's easier to kind of grow your base. Or even working with the team, you know, it's kind of the same thing. So I think, you know, knowing me and people know me, like there's always something new coming. You just never know. I can't be tied down. I'm always up for a challenge or opportunity. So for now, I would say I'm set. But, you know, who knows the future? I would say if the deal is right, if the price is right, yeah. You know, I'm more than open to just, you know, different opportunities. But I do like now that people have to announce me with like <laughs> yeah. different titles, different names, right? I'm teaching. Like, it's just so many different things that I've enjoyed doing. And I think that's the fun part about it. Like, I just keep, I get to add something new every day. Like, who doesn't want to do that? But it's definitely a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Freelancing is not easy. And also, you have to work to have that consistent work. Like, when you first start, it might be a paycheck every now and then. You have to put a lot of work into kind of have that consistency you know, where it's not that crazy where you can live mm -hmm. life. Um, what do you think is your favorite medium doing radio or TV or literally anything? Cause you're all over wherever you can talk, you're there. That's a great question. I think, you know, it depends on my mood. And I say that because <laughs> I love radio, even though now we live stream it, you know, before I, you didn't have to get dolled up and dressed yeah. up, which is kind of nice. And then radio, you kind of have more leeway with what you can say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Longer to say it, you can talk faster and I talk fast by nature. So that's kind of like right in my lane. Um, and like so you can kind of have more fun with it. I think TV, your hits are usually shorter, more mm -hmm. precise. And you kind of, TV, most things are planned out more. So sometimes you don't have as much flexibility to be as creative. But at the same time, I like TV because you reach more people. And we live in a world where people are visual. So it's great that people can tie, you know, your voice yeah. uh, to your face. So I think that's the positive of it. So I think it depends on the day. If I feel like getting dressed up and stuff, maybe I like TV more. But I'm like, oh, I'm kind of tired today, but I'm excited to do this. And radio. <laughs> Podcast, radio or podcast or podcast right because now it's like podcasts too are just taking i think i see new podcasts every day yeah. i think now that we're home people are looking for content and that's where podcasts are just so awesome and great and you know radio now i mean luckily i think people had counted radio out because first talk radio is still there and kicking and people still love oh, yeah. it you know podcasts i think also gives more uh voices for everyone like anybody can start a podcast right you don't have to necessarily like us right here <laughs> exactly you don't have to be an exact journalist to do it and you can grow your base and your following and if you get really good i have seen people turn their podcasts into shows you know that networks pick up so it's kind of cool wow. podcasting you make it your own you know you can make it as long as you want add your own elements so i think podcasts are fun because you can really individualize it mm -hmm. and tailor it to yourself this is the next question is funny because you were just talking about it last question yeah. I bet you don't have a typical week as gigs can pop up randomly and no two weeks are ever identical. So how do you adapt to an ever-changing schedule? Yeah, well, first you have to have family and friends that understand that you are that friend that is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I know we have planned a happy hour, but I can't go today. Because 
I just got a new gig and I got to be there. Um, and I think it's just as much as you can, I try to be organized. Like I live and die by my calendar. I try to keep everything in there. You have to, cause you will forget stuff. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, you have to be willing to be flexible. Um, things will change. Sometimes people will ask you to do stuff last minute, but you have to be ready and willing and able to do that to the best of your ability. Right. So it's just like, you always kind of have to be on go mode. And right. So, I mean, for me, it's still been busy. I thought COVID would kind of slow down my schedule. <laughs> if anything, I've been on the computer more now. Uh, probably because I'm home and, you know, I kind of catch on on commute time. So I don't really know when to stop myself. Sure. But I think the biggest thing is know what you can handle. I'm able to handle a lot. I'm able to juggle a lot. I've done that my entire life. I think I'm really good at multitasking. That's not for everybody. And also I would say the more jobs you have is great. But at the same time, you need to do each job to the best of your ability, giving 110% to everyone. Because again, as a freelancer, you're auditioning every day. There is nothing. I never thought about it like that. You're right. So you better bring your A game and the best game. And so I think that's something to definitely think about. And even now, though, if you have a contract, you've seen media jobs. People are getting cut left and right, unfortunately, because the media industry is changing. So I think even auditioning every day is something that everyone should look out for. Because, again, no job is guaranteed or safe. And not even just media, but sometimes just general work. Oh, yeah. You know, some places need to be doing to the best of your ability, uh, making sure you're in communication. And I always say being the best version of yourself. I really like to do that. Every day you should be being the best version of yourself, treating people like they need to be treated. And I think it'll come back to you. But freelancing, again, it's a lot. But as much as you can be organized, it can work. But know what you can handle. Again, everyone's different. Know what you can handle as long as you can give 110% to it. Yep. That was great advice. <laughs> this is probably a pre-COVID question. But have you ever had a quick turnaround between getting to different sporting events or needing to make an appearance on a radio show or podcast? Oh and what has your craziest travel story been? My craziest travel story would say is definitely Super Bowl. Oh my gosh. Like Super Bowl, you are at Radio Row and then you have to go down to the stadium, then you have to be back at Radio Row, and then you have to be at the sponsor party, then you have to be back at Radio Row. Like literally, I have not taken my heels off that many times in my entire life. <laughs> And I'm like telling the Uber drivers, no, like, come on, there has to be a workaround around traffic. I'm going to be late. Like it was, Super Bowl is, is a year worth of events into one week. Do you think like, I can watch it or are you just running? Luckily I got to watch it, but I mean, that's the one time you relax. So it's funny. All the work is done before the game. The game is actually the fun part where you're like, oh, good. <laughs> but before Super Bowl, like Super Bowl, that's why I guess they call it Super Bowl week. It's it's crazy. I have not slept as well as I did since probably freshman year of college. Like that's the yeah. I have not slept that little. Like it was it was crazy. And still you have to be up on your A game. You know, you have to be ready and presentable. And then also Super Bowl, it's crazy because you have interviews set, but there's select like Lil Nas X was walking through and I was doing an interview. I was like, Well, I want to interview Lil Nas X. Like that's the thing. As much as you plan, it's just crazy because you don't know who's going to walk in. Exactly. And so Radio World is literally almost open all night. So you might as well get the most in, but that just means you are working nonstop. So Super Bowl week is like, that week before I've learned my lesson now, I'm going to try to be chill. If we hopefully have a Super Bowl, that's the crazy thing about it. Like I just saw All-Star Weekend is, is canceled. So now I'm like, oh my gosh, like, are we going to have Super Bowl? But if we do have it, that week before, I will be resting. And you'll be prepared. You know what to do now. Exactly. Like, look, I'm 28 now. I cannot do the same things as when <laughs> I was 20. I've learned that during Super Bowl week. So I need to rest before so I can save my energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're now going to wrap up this ep episode of the podcast with a segment that we do called the Maryland Minute. It's okay. a series of rapid fire questions about your experiences at UMD. Yes, cool. I love this. The first one is your favorite memory at U UMD. Oh my gosh, favorite memory. Just living in Cumberland my first two years. Met so many great people there. Um, 
and have lifelong friendships from it. So I think that's definitely, and of course, homecoming um, is always fun watching the football games when we win, especially. <laughs> we have the football game or homecoming, but it's yeah. fun. <laughs> uh, your go-to college park restaurant. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, oh my gosh, that's a good question. I feel like I know that some of them have changed now, but where did I go a lot? Um, I think I went, is Cluck you still there? I think I went to Cluck you a lot. They had these honey biscuits that were amazing. They're like drenched in honey. Um, I don't know if I ate the freshman 15, but they were amazing. So Cluck you was definitely good. Um, there's so many. Uh, Jason's Deli, I don't know if that's still there. They were good. And then I went to Noodles and Company a lot too. I know I picked three, but yeah, I spent a lot of my money there. And then in the student union, Chick Fil A would go there for oh, yes. just like every other day. I'm glad it was there for you. Keystone <laughs> uh, or Bent? Ooh, that's a good one. I do Keystone. Yeah. <laughs> go to Maryland Dairy Flavor if you have one. I don't even. But I'm trying to think what I would get. I know I'm a person. I think I always do like cookies and cream. That, yeah. That's like my favorite ice cream. I have some in my fridge now. I'll probably do cream or mint is mine. Yes, mint is good too. I love ice cream. I have a lot of cold stone points because of oh, that. So I'm going down the street for one. <laughs> your favorite all-time Maryland athlete? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, I, I oh, Lynn Bias is one of those I wish I could have met, you know, just oh, knowing yeah. his legacy. Um, but for me, I have if I can pick two, Okay. Uh, obviously Juan Dixon is just amazing because what he did for the program but because I got to know him especially after college and I've interviewed him Tori Smith is amazing so I think Tori Smith is probably who I would pick but also go Stefan Diggs we want another big season from you we've been trying to DM you look at your DMs I know. <laughs> there you go look at the DMs <laughs> well that was amazing thank you so much Kelsey oh, thanks for having me this was awesome go Terps right